0: The Ziggler Show comes from the legacy of Zig Ziggler and brings together personal and professional growth, business success, and faith. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this episode, adjust and continue toward your goals. So you have a goal you're working towards, a desire, a problem to solve. If it has any true value, there will be challenges on the way and adjustments will be necessary. That sounds elementary, but it's what often derails us. Uh, Things don't go as planned. And we'll ultimately either adjust or we will fail. We'll throw in the towel at some point. Uh, again, it's it's the most elementary thing, but I want to drive it home. This is what stops so many great intentions, great things that we all need. I start this episode off with a two and a half minute message from Zig Ziglar where he drives the point home and only the way that Zig can. Then I ask Ziglar listeners this question. What goal did you achieve even though you had to make big changes to how You achieved it, or the path to it wasn't what you expected. Tom Ziegler joins me to talk through some of the replies, and you know, I'll give a punchline to a lot of what we talked about. He gets to the root issue of knowing clearly why. We're doing what we're doing, going after what we're going after. This show, I I really believe, will give you freedom in your desire to go after things or stay after uh, big goals and desires, again, solving problems that would otherwise derail you if we don't have the right mindset. Uh, So I'm going to kick us off with a two and a half minute clip from Zig Ziglar, then Tom and I will get started with listener comments after I share what else we have for you and some great products and services. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled-in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: got to have some big goals. You also got to have some long range goals. On Monday afternoon, I get aboard an aircraft headed from Miami, Florida. Now, when I get aboard that aircraft, it's going to be going straight to Miami. Twenty minutes later, it will not be going to Miami. And the reason is the direction and velocity of the wind will change. The gravitational pull of the earth, the moon, the sun, and the stars will pull it slightly off course, so the captain of the aircraft will turn it around, come back to DFW, land, and then we'll start over. I see a lot of skeptical-looking faces in the audience. How many of you believe what I just said? Okay. What is the captain of the aircraft going to do? He simply is not going to change his decision to go. He is going to change his direction to get there. You'd be amazed at the number of people who set an objective... They encounter an obstacle, and they throw up their hand and say, Well, I don't guess I'm supposed to do it. Instead of being creative and changing directions to get there, they abandon the goal itself, all right? got to have some long-range goal. Now, let me tell you why you got to have long-range goals. They help you to overcome short-range frustrations. Now, I'm not going to be negative. I'd be like little boy came home from school one day and said, Dad, I'm afraid I flung that arithmetic test. His dad said, Son, that's negative. Be positive. He said, Dad, I'm positive I flung that arithmetic test. (laughs) Now, I'm positive when I say this. You got trouble, disappointments, defeats, reversals, and setbacks in your life. You think your kid's going to be the starting quarterback? He's not going to make the cut. You think you're going to make the big sale? You lose the last one you made. You think you're going to get the promotion? You're fired. You think everything is lovely only to discover that everything ain't lovely. That is part of life. Now, if you've got a long-range goal program which is balanced, when those things happen, you will regard it as the pebble on the beach, depending, of course, on the severity. But many times, it simply is the pebble on the beach. If you don't have real direction in your life and for your life, then you think it's the whole ocean front. The rule is simply this. You go as far as you can see, and when you get there, you'll be able to see further.
0: Well, Tom, you know, coming into this talk about goals, as we often are talking about, and this question that I posted, of course, the, the, the clip that your father, Zig, talked about or, or that gave us, talking about encountering obstacles and not giving up and that story that you've related as well, the airline pilot, you take off in the plane, you're never perfectly on course. You have to adjust and adjust. You don't just go back and start over or abandon it. Now I say that uh, though, I don't want to minimize Tom, the the struggle that it is to take something. And I really, here's my, here's my avatar, Tom, is the person out there who has something that they have a desire for. They have a goal they want to go after, and they may not have any encouragement in their life. They may have discouragement, uh, literal discouragement from those close to them. And yet it's something that they really want to go after. They believe is possible and they are dealing with the obstacles, the challenges, the risk at the forefront, and those who have started along, and you think, man, this is what I'm supposed to do. I am committed, and they hit those challenges. It is hard. And I do. I don't want to minimize that. You and I have done so many things in our past, and I have stories that I'm grateful for the redemption. But man, in the midst of it, it was hard. And that question of, was I really supposed to do this? Not only am I doing it the right way, but was I really supposed to do this? And how many. Goals, big uh, endeavors are never started to begin with. And then how many that are, are stopped. They, people quit because of these very real issues.
1: Yeah. You know, one of my uh, kind of favorite quotes that kind of gives me a little bit of inspiration and encouragement is a Zig Ziglar quote. Dad said this, he said, he said, you know, anything worth doing is yeah. worth doing poorly until you learn to do it well. And so when we're in a place in life where we have some big goals, a dream, you know, maybe, maybe you want to pay off a debt or we want to buy a house or, you know, change careers or start a business or, you know, just really get into an area of life we've never been before. You know what, if our approach walking into it is not how good is this and how easy is it, but rather how much do I learn? And how much progress do I make? Even if I make just a tiny bit of progress, that changes everything. Yeah. And the example that I love is, uh, and I think I heard this on a Dave Ramsey episode, and, you know, and somebody was calling in and they're like, Dave, I don't know what to do. And he's like, what do you mean? And he said, well, we had this plan to be out of debt by, by the end of the year, and we were on track. And guess what? We're pregnant. What should we do? And so Dave in all his wisdom gives out a big laugh and he's like, oh, congratulations, this is awesome. He said, you got to put your get out of debt plan on the side and you just got to pile up the cash, right? Because baby's coming and we need to have a reserve in case something happens. And then he says, but it doesn't mean that as soon as everything's fine, you're not going to go back to the ultimate goal of getting out of debt. And I think that's the way we need to look at it in life, that whatever the setback, the challenge, the, the thing that we didn't expect, whenever that comes, it doesn't change our decision to go there. It just might change how long it takes and the directions that we have to kind of navigate in order to get there.
0: Absolutely, okay, let me give you another perspective too that was on my, on my heart, on my mind when, when I heard this message from your dad was how often in my past have I had a vision, a desire, uh, hopefully something that was, that was that God put on my heart, but a direction I wanted to go and I believed in it and I went after it. And the moral of the story later on is I achieved it. However, I kept learning, sometimes uh, harder than others, that it very seldom, came out. It, the, the journey was not what I saw. And I have some, I have some hard times of saying, okay, I, I got the idea, God, and now I'm going to go and I got it. And then later on, I'm going, okay, God, where are you? You know, you're going to catch up here or, or help me because I had taken it and gone my own way. And so often I would see God who would be faithful to that vision, but not in the way that I saw it. And that was such a long journey of understanding and learning. And I, I hope maturity for me of saying now, okay, here I got the vision. Okay, I'm gonna do the best that I can. Kind of like what Zig said in the message. I'm gonna go as far as I can. I can only see this far and Lord, you, I'm looking for your direction. That's the point, I'm looking for your direction and then boom, okay, I wouldn't have thought that but that's the door that you're opening it, opening, and I save so much time and heartache not trying to go a direction that only I see Bashing down doors, but being open to that course correction, just like you know the story there of the air of the of the pilot again, uh, and I think that that is human nature to say, okay, here's where I'm going to go, and here's how I see it happening. And I think that, trying to, uh, learning to knock myself off that pedestal, going, I, I don't know how it's going to work out. I believe that this is where we're supposed to get to. I don't know. Let's start walking and be open to listening. I mean, this goes back to not to just stay on a biblical tangent, but back to you know, Moses and the Israelites in the, in the wilderness. And I've always been enamored when he gave them manna, right? He gave it to them for that day and did not allow them to save it over, overnight. I don't like that. I want the plan now. Tell me what I'm going to go so I can be scared. I don't want to have to wake up every day and go, okay, God, what do I do today? And have to listen. It's not what I naturally want to do. But that, my goodness, I, I, I violated that so often to my own detriment. And I want people to hear that too and be okay with the fact that, again, back to Zig's message, we don't have to have it all figured out. We, as a matter of fact, we can't. We can't have it all figured out. So you want to start a business and get to X, Y, Z. You can't have it all figured out. So if you're waiting till that, for that to happen, good luck. You're going to have to figure out some along the way, but there's that balance, right, Tom? Cause you also don't want to just go off willy nilly with, with no concept in sight, but we've got to find a there's a tension there.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I think one of the things when we talk about this, if it's a significant stretch goal or dream it has to be in alignment with your why your purpose your overall reason for life right i mean is it is it going to fulfill a major uh, got to got to have you know in your in your life a purpose is does it does it help your family and your relationships and your health and all the things that you want to accomplish i know a lot of times and, and i see this is that people will make a big commitment to go and do something. Let's just say uh, they want to become a doctor. And that's a huge commitment. Yeah. Right. Because uh, you're probably preparing for that idea in high school so that you can get accepted into the right college. And then in college, you are not only taking difficult coursework, but you're having to rank in the top of the class in order to get into the right medical school. And then when you go to medical school, you've got to you know, do well so that, so that when you graduate from medical school, you can get the positioning that you want. And so the question is, is why do you want all that? What's, what's the why behind the why behind the why? So yeah. sometimes people, um, they give up because they never attach those two things. And that just goes back to a foundational thing and, and the world understands it this way you know, don't ring, don't, don't lean your ladder against the wrong building. Yeah. Right. Because if you go through all the work and you get there and you become a doctor and then you look up and you're like, okay, I'm a doctor, you know, where's the fulfillment? Where's the satisfaction? Probably you never took the time to connect it to who you are and what your purpose, what your role is, your why. And so, The other thing will happen too. It may be something that you really, really think you want. And then all the obstacles come, but because it's not attached to your, why you give up sooner than you should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's a lot of health goals are that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we know we should be in good shape. We know we should eat right. We know we should do the exercise. We know we should get enough sleep. We know we should take the nutrition and then we fall off again, but we haven't really connected it to, you know, the, the, the fun of our grandkids. Right. Or the enjoyment of being able to travel with, you know, without any uh, extra effort or mobility or whatever the situation is. So we got to attach whatever that goal is to the big why behind it.
0: Now, I appreciate you said that about that health and wellness. Most of the things that we do there are shoulds. I'm doing X, Y, Z because I should without any, yeah. as you said, tangible goal of why do I want to do this really for me? Oh, well, to what you just said, Tom, about the why Here's what Lori Surchik, she posted in response to the question. She said, I found so much value learning meditation. After a year of daily practicing, I decided I wanted to become a certified coach to teach the method I've been practicing. So I signed up to become a meditation teacher. The unexpected part was how I was going to come up with the money to pay for this training. I work in the corporate world, make a decent amount of money, but this training was going to be way outside of my budget. I literally Googled how to make fast cash and came across Instacart, which is grocery shopping for people. In June, I made my deposit and have since started my training. This is all while working my full-time job, pursuing my degree, being a mom and a wife, and recently accepting a nomination for the National Society of Leadership and Success through my university. And this is what she ends with. Anything is possible when you determine your why. I, I, it does come back. I mean, it's such a gigantic part of that that seems, I mean, it seems elementary, but then you and I know in the world, I mean, we work in personal development, how often people go after things, and I'm going to include me in that people go after things, and I haven't really clarified why am i doing this it's a should it's a you know realistic pursuit it just seems to make sense yada yada whatever it is and i haven't determined why and when i don't then when those obstacles come up that that do it's just near impossible not to abandon it so i think you just brought out the root issue tom
1: yeah i love that you know at at ziggler one of the things that we do is we help uh, coaches, right? So we have a choose to win coaching system and people who wanna have a coaching business or who want to grow as a coach, they can come through and we we teach and educate and equip them on how to be a fantastic coach. And then we come uh, alongside them and provide the support so they can be a coach and all that takes an investment. And then that coach then goes out and then they engage with other people, hopefully to coach them. And this is one of the things that we tell people. People don't buy coaching, Hmm. but they do invest in their dreams. And so that story of, I wanna be a meditation coach, or I wanna help others through meditation, that was a dream. And so once the dream is there, then the willingness to do whatever it takes to go earn the extra money to afford it in the midst of everything else is there. Uh, You know what else is interesting about that story? Dad uh, used to talk about Roger Staubach. Now, Roger Staubach, for our younger listeners, he was Captain America for the Dallas Cowboys. He was the quarterback, legendary, and he played football at the Naval Academy. And this is what Roger Staubach said. He made his best grades in the Naval Academy during football season, huh. and the reason was simple. He said, "You know, my schedule was so tight because we had two workouts a day, game preparation, uh, you know, all the all the naval requirements that they have as you go through an academy like that, and his academic requirements." He said that his grades were always better during football season because everything had to be scheduled perfectly. In other words, he had a name for every minute of the day. And so that's what happens when there's a dream that comes to life, something that's, that is something that you want to realize and your schedule's already packed, you will find that your performance in other areas of life actually go up yeah. in the midst of it Because you're having to schedule and be disciplined to a routine. And when you get scheduled and disciplined to a routine, even when setbacks come along the way, it raises your game everywhere else. And I'm not talking about, um, you know, maintaining something like that for years. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about for a period of time when we get laser focused. That's what happens.
0: That is great, man. I am more productive in the specific areas of my life when I am having success in all those i'm involved in all those when i'm just if sometimes we think yeah if i'm gonna pull i gotta pull way back so i don't have anything going on so i can do this one thing and it's uh, like a success begets success type aspect. And you pulled out a couple things, man. Yeah. Talking to coaches that people don't buy coaching. They buy dreams. They buy their results. It's just always a great wake up call for us to remember, especially when we're doing our marketing and our social media stuff. And we're talking about promoting whatever it is, my coaching, my widget, my whatever people don't care. They care about, here's what I can help you get. So thanks for putting that out there, Tom. Hey, here's a neat one. Uh, Sovan, he says, I, I, finding a career that suited him was the big journey. He went to grad school for 10 years. He was going to, thought he was supposed to, should pursue medical school uh, or becoming an army chaplain. And what he ended up becoming was a counselor. And what's neat here is Amy Van Slambrook. She, re- she responds quite a bit. She is a successful uh, coach and counselor. And she responded, she apparently knows him. And she says, and you became an exceptional one at that. Again, that, you know, looking and saying, I have, I feel like I should do this. I feel like I should serve people in this way. And we're often so narrow-minded in how we see that we usually think about how to achieve that in regards to some circumstantial exposure that we've had so if you think you're supposed to serve somebody you talked about being a doctor and uh, your dad's a doctor that's kind of the road you just go down you don't really consider these other ways that you could just because you haven't been exposed to them uh, which, again, is a great thing to have a coach for to help you expand on those. But, man, we see that so often when people have an ideal of, especially you mentioned, Tom, a role, a role that they want to fulfill. And we're, we tend to just, again, we only know what we know. And that what's dangerous is we don't know what we don't know. And that's what coaching, getting a coach. And this isn't, a, isn't just a pitch for getting a coach, getting mentorship, just asking people, talking about it, getting exposure, reading reading different things to give you, uh, again, just increase exposure. How could I do this? It'd be a great thing for everybody to do. Look, this is what I want to do. This is the role, as you said, Tom, that I want to fulfill. How many ways? I mean, We should all, we'd probably best never go after everything until we've exhausted how many different ways could I achieve this goal? You talked about being a doctor, Tom. I don't know how many stories I've heard of people who went after being a doctor for whatever reason, then to only realize that the actual role, the methodology of, of, the, of fulfilling that role every day really had them engage in things that didn't suit them at all not at all. I, it could even be a different type of doctoring fit. Oh my gosh, I would have, been, I would have done well as a surgeon, but I'm, I'm terrible at family practice, or I would have done well as a dentist. Man, I'm terrible at this, that we don't, again, look at how, how can we, or, or what's it going to entail in that end, again, back to what you said, Tom, in that end role.
1: Absolutely. And when we, when we know who we are, where we're going, then that gives us the clues of how we can get there. Uh, when we know our tendencies, when we, when we know what it is that's really driving us, then that gives us the, you know, the, the platform to run on.
0: You are listening to The Ziegler Show and this episode on continuing on with your goals and desires even when it gets hard adjusting. Well next Tom takes us on a a bit of a rant on the necessity of doing the work. Doing the work and measuring the results. It's as they say I'll tell you this section worth the price of admission. So we'll get right back into it after I share some great products and services. yahoofinance.com. dot com. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to airdoctorpr Use promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin.
1: You know, one other thing that I want to set out here is that uh, I I saw a post today on Facebook and it said, blah, 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 do the work. Right. So we can, (laughs) we can talk about, yeah, this has got to be right and that's got to be right. But at the end of the day, You have to do the work. And so another principle on this is that when you've identified your big goal, your dream, the thing that you're working towards, you need to be very, very specific on what are the measurables that I can do every single day to get me closer to that goal. Because I don't care if you're Michael Phelps, who worked out, you know, I think he He had a workout seven days a week for uh, over a couple of years leading up to an Olympics. I mean, his his mantra was, well, everybody else works out six days Uh and takes off one. So for the next four years, I'm going to work out every day. That'll give me 200 extra workouts. How many times do you think that he prepared when he didn't feel like it? A lot. A lot. A lot. And so what do we mean? Well, if we know why we're doing it, and then we identify specifically what it is that we're gonna go after, and then we break it down using a a system, a goal setting system, and we know the measurables that we've gotta do on a daily and weekly basis to get there, we make the commitment to do it even when we don't feel like doing it. And this is another great Zig Ziglar quote logic will not change an emotion, but action will. Logic will not change an emotion, but action will. And so, you know, right now at at Ziegler, we've got a promotion going on for our performance planner. The performance planner is the ultimate tool to help you stay focused on the measurables so that you follow through and do what you should do to get what you want, even when you don't feel like it. And that really is, um, that's really a difference in, in maturity levels. And so how do you gain the maturity to do something even when you don't feel like doing it? You just do it, right? And you set your day up and your priorities <clears throat> to make that happen.
0: Yep. Hey, I'm gonna, you're talking about the performance planner. I saw the promo. <clears throat> Check this out everybody see see that one yeah that one's uh black gold right there Uh uh-huh this is uh jennifer march 87 1987 i would have been 16 years old and uh check can you see the that's your dad right there man i stood in line he got he looked me in the eye see you at the top kevin zig Ziglar, ephesians 2 8 through 9. and if i'm right though this is the more this is the recent one Yes, got, that's the recent one. There you go. There's that's probably I probably got that a couple of years ago, maybe last year. Uh Ziggler headquarters. Yep, powerful stuff right there, man. Um all right, Wayne Myers he says uh for him the 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 journey pivoting out of mainstream corporate world at 50. And leaving a high-paying position to pursue a calling to be a financial coach. The company I worked with for 10 years made big changes. I found myself just not fitting in anymore. God does some funny things, and he laid it out and put things in place. The biggest, uh, biggest uh, ha-ha, he says, was leaving in January of this year and then having the world go into panic mode. Uh, it led to a lot of prayers and trusting his calling in my life that right there being in a a long-term corporate position making good money that is what we call the golden handcuffs probably one of the hardest things to leave for anyone once you have built up kind of like building up you know seniority or tenure man that is hard to leave to go talk about risk talk about something that you will often in that perspective you will sell them have a lot of encouragement for most people are going to say, man, you should be grateful for the job you have just because it doesn't fit you and thrill you so much anymore. Man, you should not leave that now, you know, especially at 50 years old, like that's old. It's not old. Uh, (laughs) but that that is difficult. That right there is a place where people find themselves lonely. Uh, they feel like they're, they're on their own and doubt is paramount. And I, I don't know a better thing to do than to find back to, uh, uh, roar, uh, Jim, uh, Jim, find some people to hang around that will support you that have done something similar to that. Get a coach, get a mentor. Um, and uh, you, you need some support. It is very hard to go it alone in that perspective.
1: Absolutely. You know, uh, whether it's the books you read, the audios or programs you listen to, or the people you associate with, <clears throat> You know, one of the foundational questions is, is what I'm about to do, is it going to take me closer to or further from my objective? And so what we want to focus on is we want to intentionally do things in our life that move us towards our ultimate goals and objectives and our dreams. And what does that mean? Hey, you know what? Part of my uh, aspiration, I want to have great relationships, you know, I want to have deep, meaningful relationships. I want to do work that matters. When I do something, I want to solve a problem. I want to be rewarded with a certificate of appreciation. Right? We call that money. money and yeah. then that's what Rabbi Lappin says. And then I want somebody to follow up and say, "Hey, you know, what I learned has changed my life." Uh, one of the questions that, that just came in uh, was, "You know, what? Well, how much should I read? How much should I listen to? What is it?" You know, what is the a proper amount of books to read in a year? Or how much should I listen in a lifetime? And, and this is what I would tell you. Now this is, this is uh, I think, probably based on the timing of this recommendation, it's more important than ever. One of the challenges in our world today is bias. And we see it in social media, we see it in the news, we see all these places the vast majority of information that's coming across the airways and through the channels is negative. (laughs) You know, that quote that I, I think I've said it the last three or four times we've been on, the way you see your future determines your thinking today and your thinking today determines your performance today and your performance today has a large bearing on the future that you create. And so when somebody says, how much should I read? How much should I listen to? I would ask this question. How rock solid is your thinking? Do you have a vision of the future you want to create? Is it hopeful and positive and optimistic? Do you believe that the choices you make really do determine the future that you can create? that you are capable of learning whatever you need to learn in order to achieve the things that are gonna take you to the next level? Are you open and aware of new information that comes in that might course correct your path just a little bit to even a better direction? (laughs) If you can say no to that, you're not ready, then you need to scale down all the negative input and increase the positive, increase the reading of the good stuff, increase the listening of the good stuff until it becomes automatic. I know a lot of people who will do one book a week. Uh, I do about maybe three or four books a month myself, but most of it's audible. I am double dipping. I'm doing it on the elliptical. I'm doing it while I'm driving. I'm doing other things. But what I look for in my own life is you know, do I expect good things to happen or am I perpetually on alert of what's next gonna happen? Is my attitude negative and, you know, and, and do I believe that no matter who wins, it's gonna be a disaster? Or instead, do I focus on what it is I can do in my own life to improve my life and those I love? You need to put as much in until your mindset is, it doesn't matter what everybody else does. I have control of what's in here. I have control of the work that I put out, and I'm going to be able to succeed to my ability no matter what happens on the outside.
0: I, I love that. I saw that too. Richard, uh, there on Facebook, posted that question, how many books and whatnot. And it's really a great question. Uh, you talked about, you know, you listen, Tom, I don't, I don't listen to stuff uh, at all. I, I listen to music in the background while I read, I have a really hard time. Uh comprehending things auditorially, so I read. And which is better? Doesn't matter. Whatever whatever you can comprehend. But on that amount, man, on one hand, I I feel like unlimited. I mean, the more you put in, back to your dad's quote, you're you're who you are and where you are, because what you put into your mind, Uh, you can change who you are and where you are and what you are and everything by what you put in your mind so the the more the merrier I mean Seth Godin is famous for saying look if you're reading stuff listening stuff even if you don't think you're listening or paying attention it's getting in so to that degree unlimited but Richard when you when I saw that question my first thought was it doesn't really matter how much It, it matters how often like a certain you know I think allotting a certain amount of your day your dad was famous for three hours a day wasn't he of reading wasn't that kind of his benchmark The first three hours in the
1: morning were reading, research, uh, prayer, uh, devotional, deep thinking. So not only would he read something and study something, he would, here's here's the Zig Ziglar secret uh, that I tell people is his intent was to learn something new Mm -hmm. that he could internalize and simplify and then share it with someone else for their benefit. If you just did that every day, let's just say you spent 10, 15, even 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Just absorbing something new, internalizing it, simplifying it, and then sharing it with someone else for their benefit. That's gonna change your life. Why the motive is right. The motive is about other people. And so when somebody said, how did Zig Ziglar end up the way he did? It was that motive. He he was always on this treasure hunt. Hey, there's, there's, there's a new, there's something new I can learn. There's something out there that I didn't know. That if I put it into what I already do know, that's going to be the message that changes somebody's life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In a
1: business, uh, you know, if our if our goal is to satisfy the client, get it done without any hassle, we're going to achieve one level of of success if our goal was in every encounter, create an experience that they'll never forget, that creates another level of success. And, and if you're in there anyway, why not go for the experience, right? Why not take it to that next level? I know, um, Seth Godin, we just, you just mentioned his name, Kevin. He, he always laments about how You know, these huge companies will spend millions of dollars acquiring new customers, right, in advertising and marketing. And then when the customer service side gets one of these customers on the phone, they evaluate and rate the customer service agents by how quick they get them off the phone. Their goal should be to keep them on the phone as long as possible and wow them with an experience and let them know all the other things they have to offer. But what do we do in life, right? We, we take for granted and give the minimum expectation to those who are already on the inside and then we fall over all over ourselves on those that are on the outside trying to bring them in. Golly, we gotta give the experience to those who are already part of the family and then they'll share that experience and that's how we get new people in. Well, our self-development should be the same way. We should fall all over ourselves to up our game just a little bit every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and to that, Tom, uh, you know, one other thought for you, Richard, and for everybody who's contemplating that question. You would also be just fine to read one book every quarter, one book, and read that sucker every day. Study it. Learn it engage with it and change that is another part of it that I sometimes get a little heartburn with Tom when I hear somebody say oh yeah I mean I read three personal development books every day or or every week you know every week whatever you know some impressive number is and yet sometimes I'll see some of those people and realize you know what you're reading it it's great but it's kind of like positive entertainment you're not really changing a whole lot I'd rather see you change and slow down on the books whatever does it for you again we're looking at what gives you the results you're looking for. Um, Hey, here's one. Jimmy Ziegler. You know that name? Uh, Oh, Jimmy. Yeah, he says, hey, Kevin, I moved... I moved to Dallas back in August of last year to be part of Ziegler, Inc. And to be a part of a different branch of my Ziegler family tree. Being a part of the Ziegler Monday morning devotions changed my life so much for the better. But since this pandemic started, we haven't been having our meetings. And on top of that, my job was was deemed non-essential. So I had to leave Dallas and go back to L.A., which he says is Lower Alabama. And at the moment, I'm about 25 miles from where old cousin Zig was actually bef- born before he moved to the big city of Yazoo City, Mississippi. The goal that I had was just to maintain a healthy and positive attitude. And to be honest, I'm killing it. I'm staying in touch with everyone from Ziegler, Uh And I'm so happy to say that I'll have the opportunity to speak at the Zigler Monday morning devotions uh, on, I think it says, February 1st, which is your birthday, Tom. It is. Look at it's that!
1: My birthday.
0: How about that? He says, "I feel honored, privileged, and proud to have the opportunity to get to know all the folks who are a huge part of my Ziegler family, and you guys are the great ones. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, I mean, how many people? I mean, this is a great time. How many people had certain plans and aspirations uh, this year, 2020, and March hit?" and they were blown out of the water. I mean, we know it's an unprecedented thing in, in in our lifetime, Tom, and they have had to, well, they had the opportunity to adjust. Some people have, some people haven't. I know some people who have adjusted and they're doing far better off. And of course there are people who did not adjust and uh, we're not able to for whatever reason and man it is it is bad news but for him to showcase that's why i wanted to share that one that his circumstances he came and here it is man it's a holy you know it's a new land it's a promised land right and yet it didn't work out in that way that he thought so he had to go back and yet his he's benefiting anyways he had to adjust to the challenge to the circumstance to that obstacle he had to move back i mean that's a big that's a big deal and yet the benefit he was looking forward to, he has found he can still walk out. That goes back to what you brought up, Tom. He has a strong why, and when we do, we're able to, like the pilot you talked about, adjust.
1: That's right, you know, there's a a quote that I've kind of uh, settled in on, and I've been studying pandemics and black swan events. Mm -hmm. A, A black swan event is something that Maybe comes along once in a lifetime. It's a game changer. You know, if you were uh, the tsunami that, that that impacted all those countries a number of years ago, that's that's a black swan event. The yeah. pandemic is a black swan event. So they study. You know, what what is it that, that people who do who do the best? What do they do differently in a black swan event? Here's what they do is they let go of the past. They never expect it to go back to the way it was, and they accept the way it is now. They actually embrace it and start to create the future that they want. And this is a tough thing. So on an individual level, what can a black swan event be? You know, It can be losing a business or losing a job or you know, having all, hey, we're moving to a new place and all these great things are gonna happen. And suddenly a pandemic happens and you can't do that anymore. And so how do you climb out of that situation? Well, the first thing you gotta do is recognize, hey, we can never go back. It's, it's never gonna be the way it was, but you know what? The world, it's different now. There's all kinds of new problems out there. There are all kinds of issues that people have. How can I serve other people in this trying time? What are the problems that I can solve? And so we, 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 we adapt our attitude to say, hey, in this new world, the new way it is, what can I do to get closer to my dreams and goals? And by the way, serve and support and help others along the way to get theirs as well. That's a big key right now. So for those listeners who are really struggling because this isn't what you hope for and we're all waiting, you know, is the vaccine coming? Is, the, is there going to be a treatment? You know, how long is it going to be? I'm telling you, you'll be ahead of the game to say, you know what, it might never come. That's okay, because right now today I can start making decisions and choices on how to create the future I want in this new environment. And when I get focused on solutions and taking action, that alone will lift my spirits and get me closer to where I want to go.
0: Yes. You know, you reminded me just of our, again, our human propensity to embark on that new journey that towards that new destination, that new goal, when things are optimal, we're waiting, we're going, okay, when this happens and when this is in place and when this runway is clear, then I'm going to do it. We wait for an optimal uh, time, which again, I'm not dissing that there's some relevance there, but, and here we are, this is Ziegler, right? We're optimists. We think positive. It's not pessimistic, however, to think, okay, things are going to get rough. What do I do then? And we're back to your why of looking at is my why big enough for things to go south from what I expect for for the conditions not to be optimal and continue on. And we can look at that endeavor and say, yeah, I believe in it enough or I want it enough. Uh, to withstand when this big challenge, when this big obstacle happens, then you're prepared for it. If you're waiting for things to be optimal and expecting it to be um, optimal, I mean, we're expect. I mean, we're again, it's ziggler We're about expectations. We're expecting the best. We're expecting the best outcome. I don't expect the best, perfect journey though, Tom. And there's a, again, I don't think that's being pessimistic. That is being a realist and saying, look, it is go- if it has any worth, it is going to get hard. So am I prepared to pursue this, to continue on, even when things go very differently from what I expect, what I want my optimal to be, because I just think they will. And again, I don't think that's being pessimistic. That's, if anything, it's being optimistic and saying, look, I'm going to, I'm, I'm op, I'm, I am positive. I'm going to keep going. Even if I have to change course, even if it has to come in a different flavor, different vehicle, a different methodology, I'm going to stay the course. That's about, I I want people prepared for that. I want people to be prepared for that hard thing that's going to happen. Uh, And I keep coming back to that. Almost does feel negative to say that, but it's just going to, I don't want you to stop or not start. That's the point of the show here. Katarzyna here. She says everything she's gone after has not gone like she expected it to go. She says, I always wanted to go to college. I finally started when I was almost 23. I went full time during school. I got married, followed that with two kids. Somehow we did it. We moved to Florida. We intended to do the empty nester, post-college retirement move, but somehow, total God thing, we moved there only three years ago and we're establishing there with 13 year old, and nine year old girls. I published my first book. I intended to go the traditional route, shop agents. Instead, I self published it. Then it got picked up by a publisher and on and on and on. So she just outlined these things that she thought she wanted to do. It didn't happen like she thought it would, but it happened. And that's the one that I am just enamored with, Tom. I think it's just part of my initial wiring that I thought that I would be able to envision how things would happen. I mean, who doesn't want to know how is it going to happen? We all want to know that. But to look out here and to realize, man, if we feel called to something, we feel committed to it, it can happen. But again, I don't know many people, if I pick on entrepreneurs and business owners, that when they look back, go, you know what, man? It actually happened exactly like I thought it would happen. I mean, we, we joke about that, but to realize that if we did, that'd be a great survey, Tom, that'd be a great survey that would benefit everybody listening to this topic here to take successful people who have started a business. They're successful today and say for how many of them, how, how many of you, how, how many of you experienced it going just like you expected it to go to get to the level that you are today. I honestly don't know if there's any, I think it's impossible that should be unbelievably freeing for all of us at the outset. You should write a book on that, Tom. There's your next yeah. book. Okay.
1: Well, I think Angela Duckworth kind of wrote a book on that, uh, and the the book was
0: called Grit. You, I've heard you talk about that one. I, I have not read that one yet, Tom. And and basically, what it
1: says is mm-hmm. one of the things that these goal achievers, these people who accomplish these big things, have in common is grit, and that is they get knocked down, they get back up, right? They persevere, they keep going. The world says, uh, you can't do that. And they say, watch me. And so that's another thing. And, so, and this is something that's interesting is, you know, tenacity, you know, that's that's not a degree that, that you go in into higher education and graduate with a, a, a degree in tenacity. <laughs> that's just an unwavering perseverance to follow through and make it happen. And so when you apply tenacity and wisdom, when you put those two things together and you keep moving forward and you keep moving forward, but you're always learning every time you find a way that doesn't work. Uh, I was reading about, I think it was Thomas uh, Edison. And uh, the comment was, is that when he would go fishing, he wouldn't put any uh, bait on his hook. And people noticed that when he went fishing, he never caught anything. And so they asked him, why don't you catch anything? And he said, well, uh, when you don't put bait on your hook, you're not gonna catch anything, but it's the best thinking time you'll ever have. So on one of those fishing outings where he was actually thinking, he got the idea to use bamboo filament for the light bulb. And that was the original filament. And so what was he doing? He was tenacious. He was trying all these hundreds and thousands of ways that didn't work, but he was also applying his brain, his thinking to what else can I do different? What can I do different? What can I do different? So that, 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 that we'll call it uh, wise grit. (laughs) Maybe that sounds like a Southern meal. I I was going to say, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, you just don't stop. You never give up. But every time you, you have an experience, you say, what did I learn? You know, what worked? What didn't work? What can I do different? And then you go after it again. Yeah. That's what gets you there.
0: Yes. You know, it makes, as you are talking there, the necessity, the value of being fluid and flexible in what we're going after. And I think that I'm going to pick again on business startup or, you know, just taking a new direction in your life. That we want to be able to answer that question that's going to come from those who are close to us that says, oh, how are you going to do that? And we think we have to answer that. And I'm going to give you freedom again to say, you know what? I don't know. Because you can't. It's really arrogant and foolish to say, I know exactly how I'm going to do it. Now, of course, we want to get as far as we can. This goes back again to the clip that we started the show with, with Zig, that when we take that goal, we're going to go as far as we can see, and we can't see further till we get there. Or, or, you know, every step we can see a little bit further, but we've got to do that. And of course, we want to have wisdom. Of course, we want to do our homework. Of course, being prepared and learning, educating ourselves, surrounding us with wise people is a wise thing to do. We want to get as much as we can, but we cannot answer. I don't know how many Valuable endeavors I've ever gone after where I I at the time of of inception said I know exactly well Unfortunately Tom, I probably did I know I'm gonna do it This is how we're gonna do it and didn't work out that way is my point That we need to be able to say, you know what? I'm not sure I don't know I'm gonna do the best I can and I'm gonna go forward and have some freedom of that And it's not gonna be the answer that somebody may want and again We're back to I think what you've given us as the root of this show Tom of knowing why am I? doing that and being solid in that, but then knowing I've got to be flexible in the pursuit of this because it can't go exactly how I expect it to be. Uh, I, there's so much peace, Tom, in my endeavors today, uh, as opposed to even a decade ago. And I'm sure there are with yours too, a different way of going after it with peace. Not Again, you're, gonna, you're probably working on something right now, Tom, that you don't know exactly how it's going to work out. but you have gained the faith of realizing it will true.
1: Yeah. You know, one of my, uh, stories that I just love dad's mentor was, was Fred Smith. And I had the, uh, privilege of attending Fred's memorial service and Fred was in his nineties when he passed away. The wisest man that I ever met and, and dad's mentor, And this is what he said. He had recorded a video that they played at his memorial service. And he he was an advisor. And so he consulted with and coached and mentored uh, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and some of the largest uh, nonprofits. He he coached and mentored the founders of those companies. And, you know, Dad was one of the people who went to him for wisdom. And Fred said this. He said, you know, uh, people ask me, what's the greatest lesson you ever learned in your life? And here he is in his nineties. He'd been uh, battling, uh, he, he'd been on dialysis, on a kidney dialysis. His health was failing. The last year of his life, he barely had the energy to. he couldn't even turn over. His daughter, Brenda, took care of him. He would wake up just completely exhausted. So his body was worn out, but his mind was sharp. And he said, this is the greatest lesson that I learned. He said, I'd wake up in the morning and I didn't even have the energy to open my eyes and God would lay something on my heart to do. And he said, I would debate with God, look at me. I don't have the energy. I don't have the strength. You know, I'm, I'm in my, I'm, who knows how long I have and you want me to do that? And he said, when you negotiate with God, you always lose. Mm-hmm. And so a few minutes after that negotiation he would call his daughter Brenda over and he would begin to dictate to her and she would take down his notes and that would become something that he wrote, a column or part of a you know, a blog or a book. And he said, this is when he learned the most valuable lesson of his life, the most important thing. He said, when God lays something on your heart, your only responsibility is to just start. Yeah. You have no responsibility to know where it's going or to figure it all out in advance. Your only responsibility is to just start. And here's why. God doesn't give you the strength to overcome. He gives you the strength while you're overcoming. And so for those of you who feel called to something, something bigger than you could ever do on your own, that's called a calling, right? That's a, that's a huge why. That's a huge dream. Something that you, you, you can't even imagine how you're going to get there. Your only responsibility is to just start. And so Fred said he would start dictating and there you go. God would give him whatever he needed to get it done.
0: Hey, as you're mentioning Fred Smith, his daughter, or you mentioned his daughter, Brenda. uh, We had her on the show episode 336. So, folks, if you want to check that out. Well, Tom, I think that's a great place to land on this. We had a lot of submissions, but I think people get the point here. I want, I so want people to hear that your, those big goals. uh, Well, I, I didn't even. I didn't even see that before we started the show, Tom, which is why I love the candid nature of you coming to when we know the why. That is what will give the strength to overcome the hurdles, the obstacles, the challenges that are going to come, that we are going to have to adjust. And again, I hope people hear freedom in that. I, the freedom that I have found from back when I saw a goal, I saw an objective, and I said, this is how it's going to go. And I went forward with that perspective and wasted a lot of time, wasted a lot of resources. Had a lot of heartache as opposed to now of going, okay, here's the best that I can see. Let me go forward. And God direct me, you know, through himself, through other people, seeking wisdom, seeking counsel. I can't say that enough. And as, uh, as you and your dad have been telling that story about the pilot, you adjust and you adjust and you adjust. Tom, I always feel like the The best, the most, I get the most out of these shows, anybody I'm student number one. So I love it. Thanks for everybody who, uh, who commented and brother, always good. All right. We'll see you next time. Again, friends, I really hope this show is freeing for you and incites you to get started after something you desire or stay the course on something you're already pursuing. Coming up in episode 815, I bring you a true superstar, John O'Leary. He's one of the world's premier inspirational speakers. Why is he so inspirational? Because his story is ju- its just ridiculous. At nine years old, he basically blew himself up, got third degree burns over 87% of his body. Nobody should even survive such a thing. He did. It's not an easy story, but he did. And today he's grateful for it. It's the second time I've had John on the show. We cover a good bit of ground, even talking about his business and dealing with Uh, the, the, the pandemic in 2020 and how he survived, talk about his faith. And we talk a lot about the message in his new book, in awe, A-W-E, where he gives an incredible look at childlike qualities the most successful people have retained and the freedom and success we can find if we will embrace them. It's really, really inspiring, of course, and enthralling to hear about. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.